Welcome back to Quantum Conversations. My name is Sarah, and I'm so excited to bring you another episode with my co-host, Carrie Bennett. We are really enjoying giving you this show and talking about these topics that seem really complex so that we can help them be a little bit more understandable to the everyday person. I just wanted to remind you to head down into the show notes to make sure you get my free resources and Carrie's free resources. We've both spent a lot of time compiling our favorite list of products, as well as how you can actually implement a lot of these things into your daily life for free using our guides. We also both have amazing courses that you have access to in the show notes as well. And we co-host a course together called Quantum Fertility. We've actually had some quantum fertility babies just born this summer, and we have several quantum fertility pregnancies going on right now where women were told that they were not going to get pregnant and we have been able to show them the way using these circadian principles and quantum biology and we're so grateful for this so make sure you head down to the show notes check out those resources check out those courses and if you are enjoying the show if you're watching on youtube make sure to subscribe to our channel hit the like button leave us a comment and if you're listening on the podcast app please head on over to apple or spotify leave us up to a five-star review since we are such a brand new show we want to make sure that we're getting this message out to as many people as possible again we want to make these concepts of quantum biology and circadian biology understandable and applicable to the everyday person. We want you to pull up a chair, come hang out and enjoy this conversation with me and Carrie and have a fantastic day. Hello everyone. Welcome back to quantum conversations. We are going to talk about red light sauna and a lot of questions that we get about this topic, because I think people get it really confused. So we're also going to provide some visuals today. So if you're listening on an audio only platform, you might want to, and I do try to put it on uh, Spotify as well. So you can see the video, but we are going to put up a couple of visuals today as well, just to let you know before we even jump into things. Yeah. And, you know, I'll talk through with, with words too, as best as possible with this, but I think, I think red and infrared, those, those terms really confuse people. And so what therapies am I getting or what, what are they providing me if I'm using a red light therapy panel versus an infrared sauna versus a traditional sauna? Like, like there's a lot of different, I think, um, questions because we talk a lot about the benefits of these wavelength ranges of light. And so we're, we really want to give you some specifics that you could wrap your brain around in terms of what they are, how to apply them, what their benefits are. Exactly. Yeah. And then like, oh, I have a red light bed at my planet fitness. And so like, how do you know what kind of benefits you're getting from things like that? So let's just jump right into it. Okay. So I, this is where my, this is where my lecture mode, I'm going into college, yep. college student my lecture mode. Okay. Bring and so, <laughs> um, and so I'm going to share my screen really quickly here, because this is something that, that Sarah and I were just talking about. We've taken for granted some terms that we use frequently when it comes to referring to light. Um, and that's simply because of the fact that, you know, we've been talking about this stuff for so long. But when I was first learning about light, I would hear things like wavelength, frequency, nanometer. And I was just like, what the heck is being discussed? Like, what's going on? And so first and foremost, 
I want you to recognize this is what I'm showing you is something called the electromagnetic spectrum. It says visible spectrum at the top, but that is just highlighting a tiny portion of energy as waves, as electromagnetic waves that are actual light that we can see. The light that we would see broken up in a rainbow or through a prism. That's the visible light spectrum. And look, it is a tiny sliver of all of the wavelengths of energy that are around us and that are in our environment. Some of them are potentially shielded more so from things like the Earth's magnetic field, but we're always just looking at waves and we're looking at how long the wave is. So you'll see radio waves are really long waves compared to UV rays and X-rays, they're a lot shorter. So basically what the electromagnetic spectrum has just done is it's divided the waves based on size and given them a name. And we know that there's a, a certain wave length range that we see is called visible light. It's in the visible spectrum. And the other two wavelength ranges that we talk about are the infrared, and the ultraviolet. So infrared is a longer wavelength range than the visible light, and ultraviolet is a shorter wavelength range than visible light. And those are really when we talk about light and getting light and the healing benefits of light, we are referring to frequencies or wavelengths in this particular range of the electromagnetic spectrum. And you'll see at some point, you'll see the word, the, the, the initials NM, that stands for nanometer. It's just a measurement of light. And that measurement of light just basically tells you how long the wavelength is. Is it a thousand nanometers in the infrared or is it way less? Is it 300 nanometers, which would fall in the ultraviolet um, portion of, of the, uh, the spectrum? And so to look at that as a, in a slightly different way as well, you can see that each color has a wavelength range as well. So each color can be can be broken down into different measurements. So when we say blue light, we're really talking about about 450 to 500 nanometers, give or take. So and then that blue light has a specific impact on us that we've discussed a lot. When we talk about red, it's a longer wavelength of than blue. It is about six, let's say 630 or so, 620 to 750, 780. There's 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 a spectrum. There's not an exact cutoff. And then you get into the infrared wavelengths. And so it, an infrared can be divided into near infrared, NIR, mid infrared, and far infrared. And it runs a huge spectrum. Here, this chart lists it starting at about five or 750 nanometers, all the way up to 10,000 nanometers. Uh, they're using a slightly different symbol, but that's what that would translate to in nanometers. So you can see from 750 to 10,000, that's a huge spectrum of infrared um, that, that we can talk about when it comes to the benefits of red light and near, near infrared, mid infrared, or far infrared. So they're not the same thing. They have different energies associated with different wavelengths. Um, and that's really, really why we're gonna just break down each of the different modalities we discuss. And we want you to know exactly what your red light therapy panel has, exactly what a near infrared device has, whether it's something like a mat that you lay on or a near infrared sauna, uh, whether it's a far infrared sauna. We want you to know that they're, they're um, kind of what, like what we're referring to. And while we say infrared, and red light, and we sometimes say, well, red light therapy has red and near infrared wavelengths, and it benefits X, Y, and Z. It's we're not talking about all of these at the same time. We, we we need to, I think, get a little bit more specific so you know what they are and how to apply them. 
Yeah. So seeing that spectrum of light, um, if someone was to get a, like a bulb from sauna space, that's a red light bulb, where would that fall? And kind of what would those different therapeutic benefits be? Well, you know, sauna space really touts the fact that it is near infrared. Right. Mm -hmm. And that means that it's going to fall into the portion of infrared light that's closest to the visible spectrum, closest to the red light portion. Um, And so we'll talk about the benefits in a second here, but that's not just one. It's going to contain a wide range Mm -hmm. of near infrared, not just one wavelength. Um, whereas when you're talking about something like a red light therapy panel, yes. you get specific wavelengths of light. You know, you like sometimes you'll see 630, 660, mm-hmm. 680, uh, 850, right? They they really pinpoint key mm-hmm. wavelengths of light mm-hmm. that they direct and target at our bodies for therapeutic purposes. So what you're getting with red light therapy is typically a blend of two red light wavelengths that have been studied extensively. A lot of, a lot of these key wavelengths have been studied extensively in the research, which is why companies key in on them, but you typically get two of the red light wavelengths and two in the near infrared. And they're really, really close to red. I'm talking like the, they're typically around set like between 750 and, and 850 is where you're going to get the near infrared as well. Now, interestingly, when infrared, when near infrared is that close to the red light spectrum, it does, we don't perceive it as heat. We're not going to feel it as heat. Whereas as you get further and further closer towards the, uh, further away from that, that wavelength range, closer to the mid infrared, that starts, we start to feel that as heat. So the sauna space bulb has near infrared, but it's it's towards the near infrared portion that we start to feel as heat. And it's going to contain a huge blend of wavelengths in comparison. And that's not good nor bad. It's just different. It's a different therapeutic application. And then when we talk about something like a far infrared sauna, that's where we're getting even longer wavelengths, which is why you hear things like, oh, these wavelengths can penetrate really deeply into the body because a longer wavelength can penetrate more deeply. UV light just barely penetrates the surface of the skin infrared can penetrate in a lot deeper. Um, and so that's why you're, you, you hear about those far infrareds as going deep and can, can, can heat up the body internally and cause sweat. Again, it's a bit of a different modality there. So, but we're talking about a range of light from red through all of the mid, uh, I'm sorry, near mid and far infrared, and they all can be used therapeutically, but they're not the same. So they're not interchangeable. I'm not going to use a red light therapy panel in the same way I'm going to use a far infrared sauna, for example. Yeah. I think that's the biggest question I get is like, should I get a sauna or should I get a red light therapy panel? Like, which one would you recommend? And I'm like, well, they're basically used for different purposes. Would you say? Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, absolutely. And I mean, where do you want to start? I mean, maybe a red light therapy panel. Yeah. Let's start there. I think it'd be the simplest thing. Yeah. Okay. So a red light therapy panel, and this is another one, Sarah, which I think it's important for people to know because they see, they hear us talking about led bulbs Mm -hmm. and how, how really toxic a led light bulb is that we put into a, you know, an overhead fixture or a lamp Mm -hmm. and those led bulbs um, contain a really, really foreign spectrum of light, like a big yes. sharp peak of blue, blue and very yeah. little red and no infrared. Yeah. It's just a very chaotic, confusing spectrum. 
And so I think people get confused when they see that these red light therapy panels use LED bulbs, but they're using LED bulbs that don't have the blend like you get in the white light from from a light bulb that you would just use for everyday living. And instead they're pinpointing wavelengths. You can pinpoint and really just emit one wavelength out of this bulb. So it contains Mm -hmm. this specific wavelength of red, this specific wavelength of near infrared. And and so that's the benefit of using LED because like an incandescent bulb is a heat-based light. It's going to contain a big blend of different frequencies. LEDs, you really can pinpoint them, which makes them a good bulb to use in a red light therapy panel. Right. So anyone that's saying that the LED bulbs in a red light therapy panel, that's not a truth, correct? No, not the LEDs themselves. That gets to the nuance of things like how much flicker is coming from these bulbs how much EMF is being emitted from this device, right? That's where you can talk about potential dangers, but the LEDs themselves are just a way to harness a wavelength and shoot it at the body. And then the body can absorb that and pinpoint that wavelength, absorb it and utilize it for health. Exactly. And, you know, I think it's important to say that there are what over 6,000 different studies on red light therapy at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So to say that. Like, and a lot of those were not necessarily done with care and regard for flicker and non-native EMF, would you say? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Um, So I think it's important that we try to stay away from panels that have flicker and non-native EMF. 100%. 100%. But to kind of like look at the data, look at the science a lot of those studies were not done in regards to those things. So sure. I sure, just want to throw that out there. Here's what happens, right? Because, um, you know, a lot of what, a lot of what we see in the research is research based, right? Right. And then you have companies who'd want to take the research, which is a beautiful thing. I love this. Companies want to mm-hmm. take the research and say, let me find the best wavelengths or the best bulbs or yes. whatever, whatever. And then let me market it and sell it. But that's a, that's, that's a different thing, right? Like I'm marketing and I'm selling my device, my product. Right. So I want to say why mine is superior. The best. It's just yeah. market competition, right? I want to, yeah. which is fine that, that that's what marketing does. Um, and so, so the upside is that like, you're right. We have thousands of clinical studies using a different, different types of devices. Some more are actually more targeted lasers. Some are more um, diffuse, like a red light therapy, like the red light therapy panels themselves. And so many of them show a, a benefit um, in the, in the results of the studies. And so it's a very promising, promising area to just learn more about and start to figure out how to apply it in your life if you're not using it yet. The other, but the downside of the research as well is they oftentimes um, err on the side of really extreme caution and limits in terms of how Mm -hmm. long to use a panel. Like don't ever use it more than 10 minutes or 15 minutes. And in clinical practice, me specifically working with my clients, I have found there's actually a big range that one can work within if, de- depending on what they're looking to use the red light therapy for. And so again, we're, we take we take like clinical information and we just kind of try to uh, research information. We try to apply it both clinically and then we also, people, companies try to market it. And so we're just doing this kind of fine dance of figuring out what the best application of red light therapy is. But I try not to get into the wars of, um, you know, your panel is garbage. Um, mm-hmm. my panel is great type situation. I have, you know, 
It's just, and to me, I would much rather people just understand the benefits and then yeah. consumer can go ahead and do what they, the research they want to do in order to, um, to find the panel that works best for them. Exactly. So when looking at a panel, my question would be, um, you know, what's the difference between some of these? Some of these are red at 670 nanometers and near infrared at 830 nanometers. Um, some of them go up like way higher than that. Like why would somebody want to choose? Um, and then maybe we can talk about wattage also, cause that's a big question I get. Um, what, what's, what would be the benefit of choosing a different wavelength and what, you know, what, do, what's your thoughts on that? Um, you know, each company, I think, again, tries to really pinpoint, um, based on the, based on research, what, you know, these are really might, might've been studied for pain versus these, mm -hmm. these wavelengths might've been studied for inflammation. From my perspective, I find the wavelengths to, that are most beneficial are the ones that support um, what's called step four yep. of the mitochondrial electron transport chain. That is called yep. cytochrome C oxidase. And in order for that step to be fully functioning, it needs a, some key red and near infrared wavelengths of light. And when it doesn't receive those wavelengths of light, the mitochondria is not making water. Mm. And in our paradigm, that water is everything because yeah. that water structures itself into exclusion zone water. If that's the, you know, a conduit, a battery, an antenna, I mean, it, it provides so many things for the body. And in particular, um, I would say give or take 620, 680, 750, 760, somewhere in there, um, 820. Like there's some, the, the research shows some really key, a couple of key red wavelengths, a couple of key near infrared wavelengths that really stimulate cytochrome C oxidase. So, mm. um, yeah, I mean, I'm of the opinion that you're going to want a panel that has a, a couple of wavelengths in the red. You're going to want a panel that has a couple of wavelengths in the near infrared. Um, I like that a heck of a lot better than I prefer panels that just have, let's say one wavelength of red and one wavelength of near infrared. Got it. And then what's up with this thing about wattage? Does that mean that they would sit in front of it for a longer amount of time, a shorter amount of time? Does that have nothing to do with it? Because I get that question a lot too. People might not like this answer, but what I'm finding is clinically use it, sit in front of it, find where it feels good, mm -hmm. find where it's covering a good portion of your body. Let's say your entire back or your entire abdomen. Um, if it's a plug-in, it's going to have some EMFs to keep the LEDs cool. So I would never go directly against yeah, it, but there think. are mm -hmm. some panels or torches that are battery operated and, and they don't have EMFs. Um, so you can apply those directly and, and start using it, start using it for 10 minutes and build up from there. I've got clients who are, who really notice in terms of pain, they notice a certain threshold of how off, how long they have to apply it or mm -hmm. a wound that needs to be healed. It's, you know, as cool as the red light therapy research is where it's a, where they say for skin health, yeah, apply it two feet away versus for pain, get closer. I'm finding the human body is just red light therapy starved and yeah. will do what it wants to do with it. If it all, yeah. you know, and, and, and utilize it accordingly. So I, I, I think it's really easy to get bogged down into, this is my, 
Um, this is our, uh, you know, power density here. This is our power output, you know, this, and right. how strong ours are. And it's just like, just start, get, get a, as good of a quality one as you can get, mm-hmm. start using it, start applying it regularly and your body will benefit not only at, in the local tissue, but systemically as well. We know that the, the red blood cells, cells themselves can fairy light around as well and distribute it. So just start using it and don't overthink it. Yeah. Six, six to 18 inches. Yep. Somewhere in there, you know, pick a distance, start with 10 minutes, work up. I have a member in my community, such a fascinating human being, but he used an insane amount of red light therapy Mm -hmm. to heal from all of the side effects of of five different cancers. Um, so, and you know, he's, he's, he's just a cool dude and he's a huge proponent of red light therapy and he used it way more than, you know, the the lab research would would have said like is, is clinically useful, but his body was clearly so starving for the red and the near infrared. And so this is also where everyone wants a protocol, but people are not in their bodies anymore. Right. And we talked about this with various measuring and tracking devices. I will say, well, how do you, how do you sleep? My aura ring says my deep sleep is typically this and my REM sleep is this and my sleep latency is this. It's like, but how do you feel? How do you feel, right? You feel rested, you feel refreshed. Yeah, we're so addicted to data. And that's my biggest thing is like, everyone wants a red light therapy protocol. Everyone's like, all right, I bought this panel. How long do I sit in front of it? How often? What body parts? This, that, and the other. And I'm like, I don't know. Like I'm not in your body. I'm not in your body. Right. Like it might feel really good for you to sit in front of that thing for five minutes. And -hmm. then after five minutes, it may not feel so good. Right. I've even had Mm -hmm. people tell me I did red light therapy and I actually felt worse. Like they were having Mm -hmm. like a Herxheimer Mm -hmm. and I'm like, they're like, but that's impossible. Right. I'm like, no, it's actually not impossible. It could be too much for your body right now. And Mm -hmm. Then I had a a client who's a cancer patient um, and he freaked out because I, he got a panel. He was using it twice a day because it felt so good. And then he heard me say on a podcast or somewhere else that you shouldn't do it more than once per day and no more than five days per week. And he, he freaked out, was all upset. And he's like, I'm doing damage to myself. I'm doing harm. And I'm like, no, does it, it it feels good for you to do it the twice a day. He's like, yeah, it's like, I crave it. And he's been through tremendous amount of chemo and radiation and all this stuff. And I'm like, then you need to tune into that. Don't listen to what some person says on a podcast, even if it's me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, that's the thing about podcasts is like, we can't get inside your body to give you like, to know how you feel and to know what you've been through in your personal body. Like it's impossible for us to do that. So we can give these like broad recommendations of like, Hey, get your panel, try it out five to 10 minutes and see how you feel. You know, that's not an answer people want to hear because it's not like, I know, but I, but I also view it as like, you know, you can replete a nutrient deficiency. Let's say you can replete magnesium right? by all of a sudden, well, I'm going to take a couple of Epsom salt baths a week and I'm going to try to maybe focus on more magnesium rich foods. 
And maybe I'll take a supplement here or there and stuff like you can, your body will still like take that magnesium. If it needs the magnesium, it'll take it in yep. and it'll start to replete magnesium levels. And so, and, and, and your body has a system to do that. Very similar with red light. When you start to apply it, you're repleting a lost nutrient, mm -hmm. red and infrared. You're repleting those, those lost wavelengths that are not in indoor lighting or coming through the, the windows anymore. So we, it really is a nutrient deficiency. And so you can try to do it, you know, three minutes, a couple times a day. You can do it 30 minutes here. You can do it, you know, uh, 20 minutes every other day. But so your repletion strategy is your own. It's, it's your body's, it's you and your body's relationship. Just view it as a nutrient. And while I, if I, if I were to give myself, you know, 1200 milligrams of magnesium oxide, I would put my pants, right? My body would be like, right. no, that's too much, right? That's too much. Right. So you then do be aware as well of, okay, did I, did I push it too far? What would yep. that look like? You're not doing yourself harm, but maybe your body doesn't, maybe your, maybe your sleep was a little off or maybe right. your body doesn't feel as good at yep. 20 minutes as it did at 15. And you just kind of got to go slow and, and yep. progress. There's, there, there's as much as I want to give a protocol, there's not, you have to develop a relationship with light the same way you develop it with morning light, the same way you recognize when you need to put your orange show and blue blockers on at night to get to bed at the time that you want to get to bed to, to get the deep sleep that you, that you're trying, that you're shooting for. It just, it just start to interact with it. And I know it's kind of feels weird because it's yeah. this device and it's shooting right. light at your body. Um, but once you start to utilize it more frequently, you'll recognize what your body needs and when it needs it. Right. Exactly. So as far as like the wattage goes, is that important? Does it mean anything Do people need it? Cause I know on a lot of websites, they'll have devices starting at like 200 and I don't know, like 236 Watts going up to, uh, 1200 even does that make a difference or no? Well, how long are you using it for? Right. Like that, that's the thing, yeah. right? If, if, if you were, if I was to tell you, you could only use this device for three minutes at a time mm -hmm. and your body is red light therapy starved, maybe right. a higher wattage would benefit you. Yeah. Or you can do a lower wattage for a longer period of that's, time. Like yeah. that's why Mike, um, Belkowski from BioLite developed that mat. And, mm -hmm. and people lay on this mat and pets lay on this mat. It's a lower mm -hmm. intensity, but they just, they, I've, I've had so many people be like, my dog was, you know, about to die. And they, we bought this mat and the dog was laying on this mat forever. Yep. And, and just all of a sudden the dog feels like it's, it's gotten a new, a new lease on life. Right. You know, the pain yep. seems that's the dog's running better, more playful. And so it, a lot of it has to do with how long are you using it? And those are yes. all things that you can adjust and play around with and play around yep. with. Yeah. Um, Kelly Bento's torch, right? Yep. Um, yep. Which I, I will say this cause I know um, we'll get comments. She, there's no website for Kelly. You have to yeah, email, you email her. her. Yep. Uh, K Bento. B-E-N-T-O at soleilwell.com. Maybe we can put that in the description. Have your team yep. put that in the description, but um Kelly has this flashlight, this red light therapy flashlight that we, we use all the time now because, and with it being a direct application to the body, you let you legitimately just put it directly on where you might have, um, an injury or pain or inflammation. And within three minutes, I've had my, like one of my kids had a stomach ache the other day, three minutes, we shined it right at her stomach. I said, I, I just gave it to her. I said, shine this where you feel pain. Boom. And honestly, I don't even think it was the full three minutes, two minutes later, she gave me the flashlight back. And I was just like, 
how you do it. She's like, it's gone. And this was a kid who was complaining. My tummy hurts. My tummy hurts. My tummy hurts for like, and you know, I was racking my brain. I was like, why don't I just give her the torch? Boom. Took it away. Right. And so like, that's the type of thing you start to play around with these devices and you start to, um, start to utilize them yourself. You'll start to know, okay, after two minutes, clearly my pain is gone. I don't need to use this anymore. So I'm going to go ahead and you know, put, put it away for another time. So I just encourage people to not be freaked out by them and Agreed. start to, to play around, play around Agreed. with these devices. Agree. Yeah. What else Can I tell you my here? stack really quickly though? Please. And I think yeah. you, might, you might concur with this, but I love red light therapy actually before a sauna. Oh yeah, definitely. And definitely. He, so picture this, right? If that red light therapy helps the mitochondria make more water at step yes. four, you have more water to structure into exclusion zone water, which is one of the things that a sauna does, which mm-hmm. means you're going to sweat better. You're going to actually be able to push out that bulk water that contains toxins that you can eliminate via the sweat, via the lymph, um, all those fun things. And so if you're going to stack a sauna with red light therapy, I always say red light therapy first, then sauna. Yep, Absolutely. And then cold after the sauna, right? Yeah. And then cold after the sauna. Exactly. Exactly. And cold. Yep. Right. Or I have had clients, or if you're just doing cold and red light therapy, yeah. I love cold and then and red, red light, light therapy. That's what I do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So. What else are we missing here from this conversation? You know, I think that, I think that's good with red light therapy. If yeah. there are specifics, you know, please write your questions in the comments. Cause you know, Sarah and I now are periodically going through all of the comments and the questions mm-hmm. and doing an, an episode just on that alone. But I encourage you not to overthink it. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's, and just start utilizing it. Cause golly, we're, we're missing out on, on benefits. We need red and near infrared light these Definitely. days. We're just not getting enough. And what about kind of the beds at Planet Fitness, right? Like I always say, what are the wavelengths of those beds? Can you find out the wavelengths? Because it it might just be red, right? Which there's some benefits to just red, right? Sure. But you also want near infrared if you're actually going to do true red light therapy to, again, make that water at step four, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that near infrared does provide a really important benefit as well. It cha- it can change the water viscosity in a really key way for mitochondrial health. So that's ideal. If, if, it, like, if it's just the red, it really is keying in simply on pain alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I have to ask myself, if I'm going to lay on something, what are the EMFs? Yeah. I'm going to surround myself in a, yeah. in a and, and be in this in a bed. bed. What are the flicker? What's the flicker? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. That's a stress. That could be a stressor for stressor, some people, you know, yeah, I mean, definitely fl- flicker. If you've never Googled, if you've never looked at flicker, just what it does to the brain, and what it does to the brain, the nervous system, it's just yep. picture being in a concert with strobe lights all the yeah. time, you know, and it's just, exactly. if that doesn't give you kind of like that, Yep. Um, that's what it is. And so those are generally at that type, in that type of a setting, it's a lower quality LED bulb, yep. meaning it's, and, and they typically don't care about non-native EMFs. So typically as higher non-native EMFs, typically the bulb is going to be flickering a lot because flicker helps to save electricity or save energy. Um, but it's not necessarily beneficial for human health and not nervous system or mitochondrial health either. So, yeah. So that's, that's something you just got to look into. And it's another thing we can't really give like a broad generalization on. So, but yeah. try it. I, you know, I have had clients, not necessarily with um, red light therapy, but I have had clients who 
once a week in the winter and need a tanning bed. And I'm going to yes. guarantee you that tanning bed is a EMF flicker disaster. Oh, totally. Absolutely. But Absolutely. their subjective experience of how they feel afterwards yeah. far outweighs any of that. Right. And so they, and so I'm not going to, I'm not going to be like, oh, you're ruining your health. It's like, no, they feel exactly the opposite. Right. You know? Exactly. And, so and there's so, an yeah. intuitive fact. Again, like we keep saying, intuitive there's like factor. an intuitive factor that people completely miss out on, especially in this kind of like quote unquote biohacking space. It's like, okay, I have to hack this and I have to hack that. And so I'm going to override my feelings. And that's, we want to do less of that. Like even with cold therapy, I don't override my feelings on that. Like I've had a really stressful couple of months and my cold plunge tub has been sitting empty since August because I am not going to my body, every cell in my body says, do not do that right now. Mm -hmm. Um, when the stress does calm down, I will be going back to my cold plunge tub, but like we have to be intuitive about it. And same thing with fasting. Like I am not fasting right now. I'm not skipping dinner. I never skip breakfast, but I'm not skipping dinners, um, at all. Um, and pushing myself into fasting because I'm going through stress. I am doing more red light therapy because it feels good. It feels nourishing. And so I think like, you know, the take home message with the red light therapy is, you know, you have to be intuitive and and don't just do it because it's a protocol you found online or there are some interesting books that give, uh, you know, like Bel Belkowski has his book of like, here's a, a scientific study that was done on, uh, you know, cardiovascular issues. And they did it for six minutes at 10 a.m. three times a week and it showed this benefit. Okay, great. Um, but again, <laughs> it's a study. Like, how do you feel with this? And so, yeah, even doing red light therapy on your shins has been shown to give a systemic benefit. So that's, you know, if you're pregnant, that's another question I get constantly is like, did you do red light therapy during pregnant? Yes, I did, but I never put it on my belly because we just don't have any, um, and first of all, intuitively, I was like, I just don't feel like I want to do this. I was just really protective of my belly in all ways. And I didn't feel like I needed to do red light therapy on my belly. I felt like I was laying out in the sun tons, you know, and that was great for my belly, but I didn't need to do red light therapy, but I did do it on my shins and on my neck and on my face and on my back and shoulders. Like I did other parts of the body, but you know, that I, there's not research on that. And again, intuitively, it just didn't feel right for me. Exactly. And, you know, just intuitive, just intuitively, I not, not even really thinking of it, but I did not do a ton of red light therapy this summer for similar reasons. I was outside. I was, yes. you know, in a, in a bikini or a, you know, a, a sports Same. bra, right. Take, right. And I was, so I was always just getting the, the therapy from the sun. Now it's not the same and pinpointed intensity, no. but to me, I felt like I was replete with yes, red totally. and near infrared light. So I never thought to use to use the, the panel. Now we're shifting into this time of year in Michigan, grayer, colder, yeah, you know, all of a sudden I am craving same. red light therapy. Same. I'm the same way. Yeah. Loving it, loving it. Um, and so yeah, I just encourage people to just continue to explore that. Going back though to that, the pregnancy, right? 
And on the flip side, in the course we teach on um, it, fertility, right? Fertility, Our quantum yeah. fertility course, we uh, we do encourage red light therapy on the abdomen, on the uterus, yes. Yes. just not necessarily during the two week wait. But yeah. there is research to show that getting that targeted red light therapy can be beneficial for fertility purposes. And in fact, here's a study that blew a lot of that, you know, dose response curve out of the water. There was, I think it was done in Sweden that sh- it did a ton of like a really high intensity amount of red light therapy on the, on the, the uterus and the ovaries. And it showed a very um, promising efficacy in terms of supporting infertility. And so, you know, again, we have to play around with it and feel, see what feels good for you, mm-hmm. knowing that a lot of tissues, especially maybe tissues where you are personally experiencing a dysfunction, whether it is in the ovaries or the uterus, whether it's in the gastrointestinal tract, whether it's a joint and there's joint pain, whether it's brain fog or TBI related stuff, we can definitely target a specific tissue and give it that red and near infrared. And then you just play around with how often and how long you utilize it based on intuition. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's important. And yeah, in our courses, both of us, we can help you a little bit more figuring out these things in our private communities. We talk about them all the time. And so that's um, something that if you want more uh, help, then that's always an option to kind of go and look through some of that stuff. But, you know, I think just to close it out, don't be afraid to listen to your intuition. If 15 minutes feels great, then that's probably a good place for you to be. If, you know, if 30 minutes feels great, which I'm not going to recommend for most people, definitely don't start out there. But if that's feeling really good, then great. You know, everyone's got a different level of health and a different level of um, deficiency when it comes to these wavelengths of light, because a lot of people are not like you and I, they're not laying out in a bikini in the summertime. Um, getting Mm -hmm. sunbathing because we've been told that that's a really very bad thing to do for your health. And so most people aren't doing that and they are deficient in these wavelengths of light. And so, yeah. Yeah. As I was starting back off into it this fall, I've got two panels, one in front, one in back, you know, and I'm probably, I'm like, you know, this far from it was at eight inches or so from each one, 10 minutes, 10 to 12 minutes for me feels great right it's like yeah that's my sweet spot right now maybe as we get into like the darker months colder months of the year it might change I might want to do a full 20 or maybe even more but that just feels really therapeutic and healing for me and just because we didn't have time today to talk a ton about sauna I do want to say that the same thing applies for a sauna Yes. We don't need, you don't need to stay in it until you're pouring sweat to get a benefit from our paradigm. And we know that, that those wavelengths, those mid to far infrared wavelengths of light build exclusions on water. So I sometimes have clients go in for five minutes to build exclusions on water. And then sometimes clients will be in for 40 minutes and they're just pouring sweat and they're just really feeling good detoxifying their body um, that way. So again, you have to kind of go on what works best for you. If you have a traditional sauna, great, start using it. If you've got a full spectrum sauna, great, start using it. If you've got a far infrared, fine, beautiful, start using it and figuring out how your body feels in conjunction with it. And for me, I've got a far infrared sauna. I love the the how it feels and how it makes my body feel. And I love in the middle of winter, in the middle of summer. Sometimes I'll do it for 15 minutes. It's great. Yeah. Middle of winter, there are days where I can stay in 60 minutes. 
Oh and yeah, it feels me too. So Absolutely. good. Absolutely. But you know, just listening to the body and how it feels using it. A hundred percent. Awesome. Well, I hope this has been helpful and answered a ton of questions. And as Carrie said, you know, periodically we'll try to go through the comments and answer some of those. So play nice. <laughs> Remember, there's a real human being reading the comments. Um, so we will try to check in through some of those. But yeah, thank you for listening to another episode of Quantum Conversations. 